So uh, grab your worship guide insert, track along with me today because uh, the message is over the next few weeks because today is small group launch Sunday. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be speaking specifically um, to some content that you can talk about inside of your small groups. And so the note takers... got some people in the crowd today. Everybody just smile. Y'all look so good. All right, everybody. The other day, the other day, the other day, uh, we were moving, right? We're moving. And how many of y'all like moving? Y'all like moving? I don't like moving. I'm so sick of moving. I don't ever, uh, I had somebody ask me, they were like, I, I seen you moving and you didn't really have no help. I said, yeah, it's because I didn't ask for no help. And they said, why don't you ask for help? And I said, because then i got to help them move. Come on, somebody, right? And I ain't trying to help you move. I love you. I will pray for you. I will pray for demons to leave you. But I will not break my back for a box of pizza and, and, and whatever else you got laying around your house. I just won't do it. So I don't ask people to help me move because I don't want to help them move. So I was moving. I was moving. And I'm moving and... And I was in the military, so I like everything to be just right. You know, all the boxes got to be the same size. And we got we buy boxes every time we move. We got it all packed up. And we're unpacking. And what I love about when you move and you unpack is you find things you didn't know you had. Hello, anybody? Well, I found this old box that I had. This old, this old box full of junk, right? Everybody's got got one of these boxes and y'all got one of these boxes that throughout the moves and throughout life you just kind of I had somebody in the first service they said I have five totes of those boxes and so we just stopped the service and began to pray that hoarding spirit off their life you know and uh, but I was going through this box and my kids were sitting around and we were just kind of chilling and and I opened, uh, I opened this box and, and we all have this box because it's not really full of our most valuable things Right, because we don't, we don't, we don't, really, we don't like put it in the safe. But for for some reason or another, we can't can't seem to throw this this box away. Am I, y'all feel me this morning? We call them like keepsakes. That's what we call them, right? It's not not necessarily does it not hold the the greatest worldly value, but it means something to us at least enough that we moved it seven times in the last you know ten years, right? And so I'm sitting with my kids and I'm going through this box. And, and what's interesting about this, y'all don't judge me, all right? Because y'all got one of these boxes. Remember, I made you qualify that before we, we started today. And I started going through my box and my kids were sitting around because they like digging through clutter. And how many of y'all got one of these boxes where y'all got, got, got this deal right here? This is like three pairs of headphones that will never, ever work again. You know what I'm saying? You will cuss 17 times trying to get these untangled, man of God, right? We got, what else we got in the box? Y'all got something like this. Hey, how about this? We, I don't know why I have this, uh, but this was in my box. It's like an iPhone 1. I don't even know if it works. Don't know what it does. Probably won't do anything, but I got it in, in my box. Y'all got a box like this, just random, random things. What else do I got in here? I got a, uh, my dad's obituary I got in here. And uh, my kids were sitting there and they're like, oh, Pop, you know, we miss Pop. And, and I was like, yeah, I miss Pop too. And. And um, it made me not feel so great, so I put it back in the box. Um, what else do we got here? Oh, I got, a, I got this little stupid Etsy hat uh, that River wore. You know, for that one picture you take, you know, that one picture you take when they're born right at the hospital and he never wore this hat again? He is five, ladies and gentlemen, still got the hat in the box. Are y'all feeling me this morning? Y'all got one of these boxes? What else is in my box? Oh, this will really creep you guys out. Y'all ever seen this thing right here? This is what my dad put his dentures in. 
Don't know why I have it. Got it in the box, everybody. What else do I got in here? Oh, I got these cool little things right here. Uh, y'all didn't know. Y'all just think I'm a great preacher. And I thank you for that. Um, but I got these little things in here. I'm also, uh, in case you need any like things for Christmas, I'm a woodcarver. And I carved this little boot in Colorado with my... With my uh, good to see you, honey. I'm glad you made it into service. You're going to need to hear this. Um, I got a boot I carved out of a piece of wood. Pretty talented, right? Carved that for my dad. It's actually a toothpick holder. Pretty neat, right? Brianna, my love, she carved this. Huh? Little rose. Y'all see this little rose? Hey, look, look, look. What else I got? Look what else I got. This will this will get you right here in my box. Look at that. Hey, now you see why I married her. This is this is Ever After Prom 2004, everybody. Huh? Then I got to the last thing in the box, Sherry. And it was this. Y'all ever seen one of these little boxes? And uh, my kids grabbed it, and they opened it up. And they, 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 uh, they opened it up, and uh, they were like, it's, it's, it's my state championship. They were like, Dad, we're rich. And I was like, they ain't a real thing on this thing. You know what I'm saying? They were like, Dad, look at those diamonds. We're, we're rich, Dad. We're rich. And, and they were like, Dad, Dad, well, you, 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 you want to stay tournament? I'm like, yeah, I actually lost another one. I had won two of them. And, 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 and they were like, man, how come you've never told us about that? That's awesome. You know, they get their little medals when they play at the Y and, and all that. But they were like, Dad, Dad, like you were like, like, Dad, you were like good, Dad. You, you were good. I said, yeah, it was really good. And... And then I started thinking, I started thinking about the stuff, my dad's obituary and the boot and the prom picture and, and all the things and, and, and the state ring. And, and I started thinking about, it was almost like the person that had compiled this box of things was a completely different person than the person today. Like I started looking at that, that ring, right? Because they were so enamored by this, this ring. And, and it was almost like, it was a different person. I began to think about that, 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 that young man who was, who was a couple of years away from his parents getting divorced and, and starting to smoke weed and starting to run with the wrong crowd and just kind of had this hurt in his heart, had all the potential in the world to, to do something, to, to go play go play somewhere, to go to do something, but, but just had this thing broken in his life. And, and I remember that, that, that 16, 17-year-old little young man that just started wandering, and man, what I could have done and what I should have done. And then I thought about my dad, saw his obituary, and it's like, well, if I wouldn't have took him here, or man, if I would have called him more, or if I'd have said this, and I didn't say that, or maybe if I'd have fought more, or maybe if I'd been a more attentive in the hospital, maybe this. And, and here's what happened. All of a sudden, I just I just shut the box and I put it back on the shelf and I went on about my business and never said a word to my kids. All the things, right? All the years, all the, the moments, all the, the victories, all of the, the heartbreak, all of the uncomfortableness that's inside of that box. I just, it just kind of, are y'all real like I'm real? It just kind of, uh, I shut the box, I put it back on the shelf and I went on about my day and I never said anything else to them. What's interesting is there's a lot of lessons in that box. There's, there's some mountaintops in that box. There's some valleys in that box. There's some good things. There's some bad things. There's some great memories. There's some, some bad memories. 
And I thought about my kids sitting there and I thought about you. And, and I thought that the truth is, is, is we all have this box. We all have these things that we've compiled inside of our life through our past, our entire lives. And, and rather than open that box up and begin to explain each thing inside of it, we get these uncomfortable feelings and we shut the box, put it back on the shelf and move away from it, rather than beginning to open up about it and to share it. I, I learned there's actually some powerful things inside of this box that could help other people. Come on, somebody, are y'all with me? Are y'all feeling me at all this morning? We all do this every single day. We all have a box. Every one of you have a testimony. All of you have moments in your life where God's done something unbelievable and brought about a miracle. We all have moments in our life where we've made mistakes. We all have moments in our life where we've missed it. We all have moments in our lives where we've been on the mountaintop or the valley, yet we keep it all in the box on the shelf and it just collects more and more over time. Are y'all hearing me this morning? It's a shame, really. Of all of the, the things that God has done in our lives and, and all of the things He continues to do. You know, in that box, I really didn't see the significance it held anymore. You know, the truth is, like I said, there's a lot of lessons inside of the boxes that we all have. You know, that box really is our story. How many of y'all got a story? The box really is our, our story. And, and when we're confronted with the emotions that our past or our stories bring up, we quickly move away from them and act like they're not important. Hello. Hello. The, the, those, those little facets of our lives, the moment that we received Jesus, the, the moment that He did something incredible, the moment that He, he answered a prayer. Have you all ever had an answer prayer in your life? The moment that we were lost and now we're found, or maybe we're still lost and today's going to be the opportunity you have to get found. The, the, the moments that we have in our life that we've collected inside of our, our, our little box, we, we just keep it shut and, and we don't ever use it to, to help anyone, let alone ourselves, inside of our everyday lives. Those little facets of our lives get put away over time, somehow lose their significance to us, and they take up residence on the top shelf of the closet of our life. And because of that, we settle for, here's the reason, we, we all feel this, when we keep our box, our story, our things on the shelf, we settle for a life of a mundane, routine existence known as modern day Christianity. We leave the lid on of one of the most remarkable stories that the God of heaven chose to write through your life. God does not write horror stories. God does not write bad endings. God writes good endings. Every single one of us in this room has a remarkable story that the creator of the universe came down and began to weave throughout eternity and there would be ups and there would be downs and there would be moments where you would miss it and there would be moments where you would get it right. But at the end of the day, we all have a story. Everybody got a story in this room? You know, I think when we do this, because I'm guilty as the next guy. Guilty as the next guy. But when we choose to keep our box shut and on the shelf, and not to move into it and dig around in it and talk about it. I believe the God of heaven looks through the fabric of eternity with a broken heart and says, I, I wish they could see 
the things in that box differently. I wish, I wish you could see it beyond just a, a stupid toothpick holder. I wish you could see it beyond a prom prom picture. I wish you could see it beyond a, a stupid Etsy hat. I wish I wish you could see that divorce differently. I wish you could see that bankruptcy differently. I wish you could see all those years he battled with addiction differently. I wish you could see what I saved him from. I wish you could see where I brought him from. I wish you could see the good things I did in his life because if they could see their story differently they would begin to open up their box and begin to share that with other people. Come on, are y'all with me this morning? Good, because that was a really tough intro I had to weave together this week. I think he says it best. Look at this. When you think about your story, when you think about your story, your testimony, it's one of the number one ways you can reach people in your everyday life. You guys know we exist to win the lost. We exist to live out the Great Commission. We exist to live out the Great Commission. Because why? Because people are dying and going to hell all around us. And if they're not, they're just saved and miserable. Come on, somebody. And right? God sends us into the world to be that change, to be that, that person, to be that ear, to be that, that influence inside of their life. That's what He's called us to do. You ever wondered what your purpose is? Your purpose is to live out the Great Commission. To preach the Gospel and make disciples. Pretty simple. But your story is the number one way. Maybe you don't have the gospel down, right? Every week I do the, 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 the bad news, good news, bad news. You remember this? The, the bad news is we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The good news is that God sent Jesus to die for our sins. The good news is that you can place your faith in Jesus and you can spend eternity in heaven. And everybody said amen. Maybe you don't have that down yet. Maybe you're not a master of the gospel, master of scripture, but you're a master of your story. And your story, the Bible says in Revelation, they're going to put it up here in just a second. Chapter 12, verse 11. That we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You know, I was sitting with Dr. Dr. Rudy last week after he got done preaching to you all. And he said, Mark, I, he said, you have the greatest people I've ever been around in ministry. I said, I know. And he said, but I see a lot of hurting people. You know, the truth is, is that that everybody you come in contact with in your everyday life has an area in their life that needs, needs, needs Jesus to touch it. And the number one link, the number one way to open that door, the number one way to start that conversation is this right here. But you'll never do it. You'll never share your story. You'll never share, you'll never share about the things inside of your box if you don't see them correctly. See them the way that God sees them. And so I was thinking about why you don't share your testimony. Why I don't. It was so fun this week. Um, last Sunday we went out to eat lunch at Frida's. And Nicole was here. And so I was trying to show off. And um, I started a conversation, because Doc was here too. And I, was showing, I started a conversation with the, the girl that was waiting on us at Frida's. And, uh, you know, I just did it. And my little Grace whips out the phone and we lead the little waitress right there to Jesus, right in front of God and everybody. It was the most incredible, remarkable thing. But I'm going to tell you this, they're everywhere and all of them are drawn into the things inside of your box if you'll just open up about them. What was her name? Yolanda. I said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to look for Yolanda. Oh, we're here. So why don't we share our story? Why don't we do it? I'm glad you asked. Because I got three points. All right, here we go. Here's why we don't. Because we, we can't overcome anything we can't identify. So I'm going to help you identify why you don't 
because you're the you are the expert of your story. Your story has the power mixed with the blood of Jesus to transform someone's life. Number one is we're ashamed of it. That's why we don't share our stories because we're ashamed of it. How many of y'all got some things in your past you're ashamed of? And the rest of you are liars. If you're new here, we get honest. Really? We're ashamed of some things inside of our past. Amen, everybody? Let's face it, some of us have a past that isn't very pretty. And here's what happens is, because we're all here in Oklahoma, most of us, some of us are on another planet today, but we're here, and we've been raised in religion. Not relationship, a lot of us. Let me not paint the broad brush over everybody, but, but chances are you were raised in a religious culture. And in a religious culture, you don't talk about the ugly things in your past. You're, you're, felt like, you're, you're made to feel like you should forget them or be ashamed of them. Can I get a witness? Right? That, that's the culture of religion. Religion has convinced us that our, the ugly pieces of our past should stay hidden, especially in church. Because, because, because you got to know this, and I'm violent. I don't know violently is the word. <laughs> I'm violently against religion. I invite people to church, and they're like, nah, man, I've been to church. I ain't going back to church. I said, listen, this is not, don't, it's not, the, we don't do church. I said, babe, can we change the name to not church? Y'all think that would work? <laughs> Matthew's like, I think people would see that the wrong way, Pastor. I don't know. But... but religion specializes in cleaning the outside of the cup. Jesus actually told them, religious leaders of the day, He said, you guys are a bunch of whitewashed tombs. He said, you specialize on cleaning the, the outside of the cup while the inside of the cup remains filthy. So when we get in a culture that specializes in cleaning the outside of the cup and everyone looks like they have everything together, we automatically come to the assumption that I should have everything together too. And so we disregard and feel shame of the things that we've walked through in the past which are given to us by God, which is awesome to have the power to overcome. But we don't share them because we feel ashamed of them. Is that true? I mean, like I... I love you all. I really do. Um, but I only see the best of you. Right? I always like meet people at church and I get to be friends with them. And uh, I like it now that you sit by your wife on the front row because then I, I feel more comfortable that you're here. Um, but I meet them and I'm like, I come home and I'm like, babe, Jake is the greatest guy in the world. I'm like, I'm, we're so much alike except... He's a Marine and I'm not. I was, you know, he eats crayons and I don't. No, I'm just kidding. No, not you though. But like, I meet them and then like I'll watch something in their life just, and I'm like, man, I didn't see that coming. Like they, they had it all together and, and, and they, they, they look like they, they had it all together. They come on Sunday and they're like, yeah, praise God. You know, they had it all together and their life blows up. It's because we've been conditioned by religion to not talk about what we've been through or what we're going through. So we have to be responsible and create a culture where people can do that, right? Number one reason we don't share our stories is because we're ashamed of it. Everybody say ashamed of it. I love this. And this might be, if you're a Bible thumper today, this might be mildly out of context. But I think through Paul, the way he thinks, 
Like, think about, you know, you guys know Saul was Paul. Saul killed Christians. He was converted to Paul on the road to Damascus for two-thirds of the New Testament. A, a, pounding, a, 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 a founding pillar in the early church in the book of Acts. I mean, he's, he's, he's the Apostle Paul, right? If you haven't read the Bible, that's who the Apostle Paul is. Um, and I love this because if anyone had a past, he had a past. His mission in life was to kill Christians and to, 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 to cut down what Jesus was doing. Yet he gets transformed. And how many of y'all know God doesn't call the qualified? He, he qualifies the called. He, Jesus wasn't looking in a Bible college for his disciples. He was looking along the Sea of Galilee. Come on, are y'all with me this morning? And, and he says this in the Bible in Romans chapter 1, he says this, put it up here. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. And a lot of times I take that as I'm not ashamed to preach the gospel. But what I love about this, because I can kind of think like Paul thinks. and He says, I'm not ashamed of where the gospel has brought me from. I'm not ashamed of where I was when the gospel found me. I'm not ashamed that the gospel, the blood of Jesus gets poured over me every single time I make a mistake. Did you know this? Did you know that if you believe in Jesus, that now it is... Physically impossible for the Father to look at you and not see anything but Jesus. That there's nothing in your box that you should be ashamed of. There's nothing that, 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 that's in your box that, that has let Him down or that has caused Him to be angry or mad at you. If you're in Christ Jesus, you are fully in Christ Jesus. You are clothed in Jesus. That's good news, everybody. There's nothing. So when you see that, I don't have to be ashamed of it. Now I can use it to help other people. Amen, everybody. Your testimony is one of the most priceless gifts that God has given you to live out the Great Commission. We talked about that. Your story, your testimony has the power to light the fire of transformation in someone's life. Your testimony mixed with the blood of Jesus has the power to cause someone to overcome. So if that's true, then why are we so so stingy with it. It's because I believe we're, we're ashamed of it. Listen to me this morning. When we become ashamed of where the gospel has brought us from, the places, the moments where we've been redeemed from, we are perpetuating the broken cycle of religion. That was a lot. Did y'all catch that? We're just perpetuating the broken cycle of religion. Shameful people. I'm about to drop some knowledge on y'all. This is so deep. Not really. You stay on the front row for a while now. I'm surprised you ain't moved off. Tracy's going to even sit up here. You know, like you could move back there with her. That'd be an obvious option, but I'm glad you're here. So it's a good to see you, Melissa. What was I talking about? Oh, um, shameful people do shameful things. Listen to me. The number one tactic of the enemy is to get you to look at what you've done in your life through the lens of shame. Because if he can keep you in shame, he can keep you doing shameful things. I drink because I'm unhappy. I'm unhappy because I drink. And it's the cycle of shame. And that's the number one tactic of the enemy slash religion to keep you where you are and not free in Jesus who died to set you free. So when you're able to look at the things in your box without shame, you, you, does this make sense? Huh? shame and guilt is the number one tactic of Satan in religion to keep the word of your testimony from impacting those around you 
Because your Christianity, your walk with God is not just about you. But when you allow Jesus to touch those places in your past and provide healing from those places in the past, you'll see them in an entirely different way. Let me ask you this, because this is for your small group this week, because you're all going to join a small group. Amen. Don't, and just don't, whatever, whatever, but do, and your life will get better. I promise you that. promise you. Your marriage will get better. Your finances will get better. Your walk with God will get better. Right, John? John's in my small group. What are the places you've been hiding in your testimony? Write that down. What are the places you've been hiding? What's been off limits that God wants to use to change people inside of your life? Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Look at this. Let me just, let me just encourage you for all of you who feel ashamed of the things you've done, ashamed of the things in your box, ashamed of the testimony you have. The Bible says, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who... Loved us. I look, 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 Here we go. I am sure, help me out Sherry, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, anything else in all creation can what? From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Come on somebody. Does that make you feel good? Good, because it should. God loves you. Every single part of you. There's nothing hidden from Him. There's nothing that you've walked through in your past that surprised Him. There's nothing you've done that's caught Him off guard or let Him down. Let me tell you this. The people in your small group, the people at your job, the people at the places you go every single day, they need you. They need you to get honest about what God has brought you through inside of your life. They need you to. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. This is a good one. I'm just trying to show you all who you are. For those of you that are ashamed, I, I want this to minister to you this morning. It says, there is, there, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you begin to look at your past the way that God does, you have a whole new perspective. From a redemptive perspective, you can move from shame to honor. You can move from glory to guilt when you think about the things inside of your box. Amen, everybody? Here's the second thing. Y'all ready? Here's the second reason I think that uh, I had to hit all the holier-than-doubt people today. We do have a couple of those. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but here's another reason I think people don't share their testimony with others. You understand that the, the Bible says that, I read this first, first scripture, right? We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It's pivotal. It's foundational. You understand your story is foundational. The second thing is, is we're indifferent about it. That's the reason we don't share it. It's just indifferent. Oftentimes, because of my own familiarity with my story, it breeds and brings indifference inside of my life about my story. Just because I know my story. You don't know my story. But you know your story. And because you've lived with your story, you've grown in your story, you've learned how to disassociate from your story, you've learned how to stuff your story back down, you've learned how to drink your story away, you've learned how to, to work, work your story away, you've learned how to shop your story away, you've learned how to relationship your story away. Come on, am I preaching to anybody this morning? So you become indifferent about it. You don't think it's that, that, that big a deal. Oftentimes, our own familiarity causes indifference. Because of our story, we don't feel like it's a big deal. Or maybe because we've heard others' testimony... 
I've had people say this to me before when I like share my testimony. They're like, well, I don't have that testimony. <laughs> Hello? But maybe that's you. Maybe you feel that way. You're like, man, I, I had a pretty decent life, Pastor Morgan. And I believe you. I believe you, saint. But that is no reason to think that what you've been through, where God has brought you from, is not significant and able to help other people overcome inside of their life. Hello? The little, odd little places inside of your life, they're important. Important. You know, this is completely a lie of the enemy that will convince you that your story is not significant and, and, and impactful to share into other people's lives. Let me tell you, because if he can't get you off of believing, what he'll do is he'll, he'll start working on your self-esteem, your self-worth. If he can convince you that your story is not important, then he can begin to convince you that you're not important. He can convince you to believe that you're not seen. You're not heard. You're not appreciated. Come on, somebody. He's after your identity. Good? Okay. Only have four more points to joke everybody. Let me tell you this. Every single one of you in this room this morning, listen to me, just look at me, let me pass you for a minute. Every single one of you in this room this morning that has placed your faith in Jesus, and maybe you haven't yet, but every single one of you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Every single one of you, the Father loved you so much that He was willing to send His Son to bankrupt heaven, to hang Him on a cross, to have His nails driven through His wrists, nails driven through His feet, lashes on His back, a crown of thorns shoved on His head, all so that He could purchase you back from sin and death. And let me tell you something, that makes you a pretty big deal. That makes you pretty dangerous when it comes to the kingdom of darkness. You are important. You are valued by your heavenly Father. You are loved by Him. You are seen by Him. You are noticed by Him. You are His righteousness through His Son in Christ Jesus. You were bought with a high price. Man, it's time that you started living like it. Stop treating yourself that way. Stop. Let me tell you this. If you could understand what God says about you, you wouldn't talk to you that way in the mirror. What are you trying to tell me, Mark? It's all grace. It's all grace. It's all grace. Repent in the Bible. Man, you'll get to learn all this at an encounter. I'm just kind of in an encounter flow today. Um, but repent literally means return to the cross. Return to grace. So I mess up, I just turn to the cross. I mess, because right thinking leads to right doing. I've got to quit all that. All right, here we go. We've got to get back to the sermon. You were bought with the precious blood of the Lamb. Hey, you're not indifferent. You're not just in the crowd. You are one of a kind. Come on, come on, look at your neighbor. Just tell them, say, I am one of a kind. I am bought with a price. Come on. All right, here's the last one. Let's, let's, let's wrap this TED Talk up. All right, here we go. The last one, why don't we share our story? Number one is because it, we're ashamed of it. But we broke that off, right? We're not ashamed anymore. Right? And if not, encounters in eight weeks. 
or the prayer team will be up here. They'll pray. You can receive some ministry at the end of the service today. Um, the last thing is this. The reason that we don't share our testimony is because it makes us uncomfortable. Come on, somebody. It makes us uncomfortable. You know, it's just like reading or looking in that box. Looking at that state ring and thinking about that little punk kid who was lost and an idiot. Thank God he found Brianna. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Uh, uh. Aren't you just happy? What? We were what? We got married. How old were you when we got married? 19. And I was 29. Just kidding, everybody. All right. The last thing, the last thing is, is the reason that we, don't, um, that we don't share our testimony is because it makes us uncomfortable. It makes us uncomfortable. Who would be honest today and say that there are things in your past that when you think about them, it makes you uncomfortable? The reality is, Sherry, is that there are parts of our story there are parts of our testimony that make us feel uncomfortable. Come on, can I get an amen from the people who've been some places? <laughs> that would suck. Another one, come on. Alright. And as a result of the culture that we're in, we're, we're, we, we do what's comfortable to us. Hello. That's just human nature at its best. We crave comfort. Oh man, the world's got plenty of things that will distract you, busy you, numb you, away from the things that are in your box. Full of things. And I, 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 moved, I moved to that, to that ring and I looked at it and I looked at my dad's obituary and I looked at those things and it made me, made me feel uncomfortable. When we choose not to walk or to talk about, when we choose not to talk about the things in our past with others because it makes us uncomfortable, it greatly diminishes the healing we can experience on our own. But it also impacts the healing moments that we can provide for others. Did you know that when you don't share your story, it literally, it literally does not help the other person? They stay hurting if you don't share your story. They stay broken if you don't share your story. They stay ashamed of their story when you don't share your story. They, 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 they stay indifferent about their story when you don't share your story. You see how it's not all about you. I told you all that for like the last, this year's discipleship, everybody. That's what we're going to do for 12 months, so... If you don't like it, you can go where they'll preach you something else. But we're going to do that this, this year. We're going to, we're going to learn how to, how to pour into other people. Um, you know, I was in small groups sitting about right here at a table with my guys. And it was, on, it was, it was probably week three, maybe four weeks. Usually it takes guys a, a little while longer than you ladies. Um really open up and I had a guy sitting there and, and it was just kind of one of those moments one of those moments one of those rare moments and 
And he said, guys, he said, because uh, I do this thing at my small group where we check in. And he said, guys, I, I've never told you this, but, but when I was young, I was sexually abused by somebody in my family. And he said, I've never told anyone that. And I don't know what I'm telling you, but I'm telling you. And about that time, one head dropped at the table. And another head dropped at the table. And then, these are guys that I've, I've, I've known, I've, I've walked with. And both of them raised their head and said, Man, we, I, I've never said this, but, but it happened to me too. And the other guy, he mustered up all the courage he could and he looked at us and he said, it happened to me too. Can I tell you that healing happens in the Me Too? Breakthrough happens in the Me Too. God's hand of restoration happens in the Me Too. But it will never happen if we are ashamed or indifferent or we shy away from our testimony because it makes us uncomfortable. God forbid we, we make this whole thing about us. Come on. And that's small groups. That's, you get to hear the greatest thing ever, which is me too. And watch those guys walk in healing. Watch their head a little higher. Watch them begin to walk into to the freedom that God had for them for their life. To, the chains of that shame to be broken off of them. Come on, somebody. This is what the power of your testimony has. Why are you so stingy with it? Because you don't see it right. You don't see it right. The, the Bible says that in Hebrews 12 too, it says that, that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before Him. Right? Hello. Do you know what that joy was? That, that, that joy was your healing. That joy was your freedom. That joy was your salvation. That joy was, was overcoming that trauma you've walked through. That divorce you're walking through. That bankruptcy you're walking through. That lost season you're walking through. He did it all because of you. I would submit to you this morning that that we can walk through that uncomfortableness, that ashamed feeling, that indifferent feeling for the joy set before us and the people that God has called us to impact. Not only in our small groups in this week, but also in our everyday life. Are y'all with me this morning? And I'm going to tell do you, do you, can y'all can y'all see the things in your box differently now? Yes, this is yes, this is no. Okay. Yeah? Y'all in the back? Mo? Good? Makes sense? You know, as I did that, I went back through my box kind of just doing this message. And because when God, you see things through a trans transformative lens or a restorative lens uh, or, or, or the blood of Jesus lens, you, you can see it different. And so I thought I would, just real quick, I'm almost done, but I thought I would share with you how, how God showed me my insignificant things in my stupid little box here. How, how I bet you, I bet you by the time I'm done, y'all all be crying. Y'all ready? So I went to the first thing, and, and it was my dad's obituary, and it made me uncomfortable. You guys remember, so I put it in the box. But, but what was awesome was, um, my dad was my best friend in the whole world, and um, I looked at this after I had processed this, this what I preached to you today. You understand? I, that's how I do it. I don't preach you stuff I don't do or don't add learned. I just... And I, I read, and this was pretty awesome because um, 
I preached his funeral this day, and I had just been told I would never preach again. And I remembered how God walked me through that and said, no, 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 the, the giftings and callings of God are without repentance. They, they, they cannot be removed. And I'll never forget having the power to lead my family, my brother and my sister and, and everybody that was around, just to, to take on that new mat, mat, matriarchal role inside of my family. And what a miracle it was, not only to preach then, but just to be preaching to you today. You understand the things in your box, so if you'll get into that uncomfortableness, it'll change for you. What's the, what's the next thing? Oh, these, these stupid little things. This, this was a moment that Brianna and I were in Marble, Colorado. And our marriage was obliterated. And we were at a marriage, what do you call that thing? Retreat. It wasn't a retreat. It was a, it was a hostage camp. <laughs> we were in marriage counseling for how many hours a day? Five hours a day, men. And... No TV, no phone service, no nothing. And we were putting the pieces of our lives back together. Been married for 14 years at the time. Been married 16 now. And we sat in the little basement of that little guy's house. And we carved and we cried and we talked. And, and I look back at that today and I'm, what a miracle it is that God can restore the years that the locusts have eaten, that God can restore the broken pieces of our life, that your marriage is never too far gone. It's never too far. I don't give a crap what nobody else says. We Come on, somebody. You know, here, let me, let me keep going. Oh, this is a good one right here. This stupid little Etsy hat. Is that what this is? No, no offense to those of you that sell things on Etsy. Um, but... I looked back at this hat and I remembered it just took me back to the day that I was it was an afternoon, four, four in the afternoon and I was sitting in a hospital room with my wife we had Riker and the girls and I was sitting in a hospital room with my wife and the ultrasound tech was running the ultrasound over my wife's stomach and she could not find a heartbeat I'll never forget the little tear rolling down her eye and I said, well, well what's going on? and she said, I, I can't really say and and we walked out of that room and we learned that day that we, we had just had a miscarriage. And watching my wife walk through that because it was so much more traumatic for her than it was for me. It was traumatic for me, but I, I couldn't imagine having to go through that and the surgery, all the things. And just feeling kind of broken. You ever felt broken? And then this stupid little hat, it took me back to the memory when we were sitting in the doctor's office in the next season, and the, the little nurse gets the little wheel and rolls it, and she says, how does February 27th sound? We've gotten pregnant again, you know, because she's so good looking. And she says, how does February 27th sound? And my wife began to cry. And I'm like, y'all ever done this, guys? You're like, I missed something. Yeah. And she said, she said, honey, that was the date of the due date, the due date of the baby we lost. And to watch my little river put his hat on two years to the day of the due date of the baby we lost. It reminded me that God will not only restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, He'll restore it to the day. You see, there's lots of things inside of your box if you'll, 
you'll see them correctly. They'll, they'll have the, I told you you cry. They'll have the power to change other people's lives if you'll stop being ashamed of it. There was a moment where I wouldn't have told you about that flower in that boot. There was a moment where I wouldn't have told you about my dad's obituary. Oh, I like the river story. That's a good one. But I wouldn't have told you those two. Those, the, those two right there I keep right here. But I want you to know that, that your story can change someone's life. Please don't hide it. Please don't put it back on a shelf. Don't walk out of here today and think it's insignificant. Come on, can we do this together? Amen, everybody.